Now let us move to this. Well, now I just want to say this. Will you change? The point that session one seeks to emphasize is this. I want to say this again. The home, oops. The home, the home, Israel, kingdom's work. The purpose of godly seed. The home, the church, kingdom's work. You see, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God has not changed his tune. He seeks godly seed in the home, without a doubt. Many of you are committed to this. I hope that today, through the Bible verses, from the old to the new, you see the consistency of God now intends. The purpose of godly seed in the home is that they will be in the church as godly seeds. That is the foundation. This is where they will be because that is where the church of God's work is done. God's work is done. You must accept that. For this part, now we're going to talk about the cost. We already said, in the child, in the world, in yourself, in the limited time and energy that you have to fulfill this, it is going to be very difficult. No denying. You must understand that and now build a commitment to it. Because now you see this thing in this perspective. Not just here. It is never, it is never, I hope that you understand it, it's never from here to here. It's never from here to here. It's always not just the tribes. Not just the tribes here, not just the families. Not just the families here. It's always Israel. God mentions Israel. It's always the church. So for the cost, I'm going to talk about some things by God's grace. The cost involved, both in the home and in, in the church. In the home and in the church, all right? So I lump it together. Some of the things that you face is real. What should you do? What are the biblical principles to help you think through them? So this cost, the actions are in both areas, all right? Now, then we continue. Will you change is the question. Now, let's talk about the categories of cost. The categories of the cost. First category, I say, I talk about the cost of freedom. Now, for this part, I'm going to talk about some of the costs that will be involved in bringing up godly seed for the home and for the church. But I will use biblical principles to help you understand how to think about this cause? How to bear this cause? How should you think? Now, cause of freedom is one aspect that you know occurs. What is cause of freedom? The Father, you must now come to realize you are, your priority is now tied down. There's a cost to your freedom to do what you want, leisure, pleasure, hobbies. Now you are being tied down to the priority of the spiritual well-being of those under you. You must understand that is now a cost. To bring out God's seed for the home and for the church, your freedom 
They will cost you your freedom even. I'm not saying there's no time for leisure, for pleasure, but there will come a time if it calls. After fulfilling all your earthly responsibility, whatever remaining time and energy to fulfill the upper part, that is the critical part, the seek your kingdom first part, if it means you may need to give up some of your freedom, that is the cost. Are you willing to bear the cost? Mothers, the same. Mothers, henceforth, your role on earth is tied to the children in the home. Keepers at home, we studied that. That is your new calling. That is your new privilege. That is you, now your new pleasure, your ministry. You must be willing, joyfully to say, yes, my freedom I'm not saying that you cannot have any freedom to do anything at all. But if I have to give up things, I must be willing, whatever it is. Parents are tied to building the future. Both of you jointly are tied to this. You're tied down. Say, so I don't like this word tied down. No one likes to be tied down. We've been studying perilous times. One of the characteristics of men will be lovers of self. Lovers. We'll be proud. We'll be proud. We want things to show off in life. God already says, we don't like to be tied down because we're lovers of self. You have to deny self. Are you willing to accept this cost? This will be. Fathers, you had a free and easy life, all right? When you come back from work, you just want to do what you want to do. Well, before, before you get, got married, well, you just do whatever you want to do, spend your time however you want. Freedom, that changes Next one. Well, God says, choose you this day whom you will serve. The question is this. Is it the gods which your fathers serve on the other side of the flood or gods of the Amorites? So God mentioned all kinds of gods. Your fathers following his sins, their sins, what they love, or gods of this land where you are in. Your own gods. But Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, I could have freedom. I can don't do all this. But as for me, no. As for me and my house. Joshua understood that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was willing to give up his freedom. Joshua didn't get paid to do that. Joshua just simply knew the purpose of his life and his family's life. He was willing to forego his freedom. He, when he was busy, he looked at the people why is it that in the middle of the night, I'm serving the place on my own? Why when people are sleeping, resting, relaxing, why am I the one who have to worry about the strategy, about what to do, how to plan, how to deploy? Why am I the one? I want to have this freedom too. But he denied himself. He said, as for me and my house, I've chosen to give up my freedom. John asked, um, Christ asked the disciples, lovest thou me? He asked Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Your freedom, your leisure, your pleasure. The fishing was not sinful. Having fishes to eat was not sinful. But the question is, what do you love more? Peter, your freedom to go fishing anytime you want, to eat whatever you want. Pick from there because you fished for a lot. Do you love me more than this? Are you willing to give up even that which is your freedom to do? Next. It will cost you your freedom in your daily schedule. Your schedule has to change. 
If you want to make godly seed in the home and for the church, your schedule has to change. You no longer have the freedom to exclude these things in your life. The father's leisure and hobbies may be set aside. I say again, it is not sinful to have leisure and, and hobbies. But now if you're not willing to give that up to be better for your child at home and in the church, then you're not willing to give up, willing to bear this cost. Mothers, unpaid job, stress, meals, serving, finishing, uh, making things, sure, sure everything is done on time so that the family can go to church. You're not paid for it. Many mothers today feel that they need to be paid because they do so much. Joshua can say that too. All right? But once you understand this is a privilege, this is a great thing that God has put in my hand and I can influence generations after generation. Wow! You, you don't have to pay me. I'm willing to pay for it. The cost. Yes, there'll be a lot of stress. Now, sometimes I look at housewives to ensure that things run so that the children will be able to focus on family worship so that the children and the, fa- and the husband can be on time for church and, for, and so that they can serve they bear a lot of sacrifices. They are, they are sick. They don't have enough sleep. They are, they are injured. But they keep doing it, doing it, doing it. The injury gets worse, get worse. They sacrifice all this. Their freedom to say, I don't have to do this. Yes, it is not easy. But once you see the perspective, what is the perspective? God says, Philippians 2.21, For all seek their own, not the things of Jesus Christ. Many are like that. Many Christians are like that, Paul says. But for you, say, well, Colossians 3.23, well, I will do it heartily unto the, as unto the Lord. No one pays me. I do it for the Lord. Matthew 20, verse 28. The Son of Man, if Christ came to minister, if Christ came to serve me, why do I think I'm so great that I should not give up my freedom to do what I want when God did that? Right? So, your cost of freedom, you have to check on a lot of things at home. They're quiet time. Do memory verse re, re, um, revising at home. At home. Not just be at home as a homemaker and watch TV and sleep. All these things, your freedom at home, taken up by many things to ensure a spiritual walk. And now this freedom, the last bullet point, minding my own walk and talk because my children are watching and learning. You no longer have the freedom to Live as you wish, do as you wish. Eyes are constantly watching you, taking in, becoming like you. You don't have that freedom anymore. You know, they say pastors live in glass houses. Full-time workers live in glass houses. You don't have the, the privilege, the leisure of doing what you want to do. You know that you constantly must bear a, a testimony. No more that freedom. These are costs, my friends. Now, cause of freedom, food for thought. Now, think of this. If you say, my freedom is so important to me, please don't tell me what to do. If parents won't give up their freedom for their own children, from which, from which came from them, which came from them, will their children, will your children give up their jobs for God, for others, to serve others, if God calls them one day? Why would they? Daniel and mommy feels that their freedom is so important. That is what they believe. God, please don't call me to serve you, whether it's doing things in the church or into the full-time ministry, because my freedom is crucial. I don't want to bear the cost. 
It is not easy. Cost of time, the next category. Cost of time, very quickly. How you prioritize your leave is a cost. More annual leave, use it to attend church activities, use it to serve. Right? There's holiday Bible program and so on. Do you make an effort to come? I've attended that BBK already. What's the point? Right? Your child is to come for Sunday school. Now, all these things, it costs you time. It costs you time. Time is something that God gives you to be stewards of. God says, redeeming the time. Now, we see more of this later on. Because there are Christians who see their annual leave as for themselves. It's very precious for their own holidays. They will not touch it to be used for any church activity. We'll see more after. So, well, but I'm developing the principles. Freedom, time. It is true. It is true. You know that. But there are biblical principles that I hope will awaken you. Cause of change. There is a need to change. No flesh like changes, especially when changes is to be more godly. Stepping out of your comfort zone. You can't bring up godly seed if you don't talk to them about spiritual things. Now, in the previous slides, I didn't have time, so I skipped them, but I'll talk about it now. Surveys also tell you, many Christian children stop wanting to be Christians. Many Christian children, over time, stop wanting to attend church. Many Christian children lose interest in spiritual things because parents don't bother to have spiritual conversations at home. Lots of conversation in the lower part, school, um, um, piano practice, whatever practice, lots of conversation about that. This is a cost of a change. Will you change? It's uncomfortable. It's uncommon. Changes in your routines, your priorities, your quiet time, your coming to church. All these changes are painful to the flesh. You have not been coming. You have not been bringing your family. I hope both God's word and the data have instilled in you some fear. Now I've got to change. Change is painful. We understand. We know. Many parents have gone through that. They know. And they continue to experience that. Change in your quiet time. What is your child going to see after this, after this series? Daddy and mommy, now they're very serious about their spiritual walk. They know that they need to grow in order to help me to grow. They go to church now. They bring me to church. They see, they see, but it costs you to change. What are the principles? God says, and I've said this many times, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. If you are not willing to bear the cost of changing, you are not worthy. You can call yourself Christian, you can say you love God, but this is God's definition. Bearing the cost of freedom, of time, of change, putting yourself through that. Now I will set time and my child will see that I do my devotion, that I pray, that God is real. God, I love God. I genuinely, or genuinely, right? Love His Word. Only when they see that Daddy really loves God's Word. Mommy, they really obey God's Word, whatever it costs them. It costs change. If any, like, any, now, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. If any one of you like wisdom, let him ask of God. 
Now, I know it's not easy, but what is God's promise for? I can do all things. If God says, I want godly seed, I seek it in the home for the church to do my kingdom's work. When you ask God to strengthen you, I'm tired, Lord. Well, Lord, you know, I have very little time. Lord, this, this is very, very uh, strenuous, difficult. I can do all things through Christ. I don't know how to do this, Lord. Pray. Read God's Word. Learn God's Word. He will guide you. So don't say it's too difficult. I can't. Don't say that, God, you don't understand. My wife doesn't want to change. My husband doesn't want to change. My child doesn't want to change. God says, I will help you. I promise. When Joshua made that decision, God always promised to be with him. Financial is another cost area. Well, father may be able to have a better job, make more money, but for, for commitment to bring up the family in godly ways and to be part of God's work in the church, to bring the child. Well, you know, this job makes me travel. This job makes me spend too much time. I need to reevaluate. I need to be around. But the next job is going to be a lowly job. Again, that picture must come to your mind. The basic things that you need to do definitely drains you. But when it comes to the need to choose, what are you going to choose? And accountability to God in the future? Now I want to say this about financial costs. Well, well dual income, all right? We've talked about that frequently. Dual income is a very um, lucrative thing. You can do what you want. Giving, proud, giving priority to church attendance may mean having to pay more for vacations. Now, what do I mean by that? Having to pay more for vacation, leisure, and so on. Etiquette. I said so. Now, many choose holidays. I don't care if there's holiday Bible program. I don't care if there's family seminar, but it's the cheapest time to travel or whatever, right? Or it's the best time because this is a long weekend of public holidays. I'm not going to use my leave to attend these things in church. I'm not going to waste my leave. You see, those are the things that will run through our minds. But these are costs. No, I will, take, I will pay more if it's traveling another time so that I can bring my family in church. Fathers, when you make plans for holidays, are you willing to bear the cost of saying, look through the church calendar and say, which other time we will not travel? But husband, this is the cheapest time to travel. Well, we'll bear the financial cost. This is the time you take the least leave. Well, we'll bear the financial cost. No, these are realities. Now, what about non-essentials, financial costs? We cannot afford. Look at your phone subscriptions. Look at where the private school. Must you send your child to private school? I'm not saying that evil. But if that is what keeps you from bearing the financial cost, to be in private school, I need to have this kind of income. And it means I get totally drained by this, this earthly responsibility. Well, I bear that cost. But please don't ask me to bear the top-line cause. Home, church, and God's kingdom's work. Right? So these are realities that you have to face. I'm trying to make us face some of these things. Maybe one day you will face it. Latest gadgets around the house. So what if you're using a very old handphone, very old laptop? Must you have the latest for yourself, for your child? Holidays. All right? We can't afford holidays. Why is holidays so important? Can it not be just going to the parks? 
going to the beaches? Or have we been changed to think, well, when it comes to holidays, it's non-negotiable. These big, nice holidays, whether it's in Australia or elsewhere, are you willing to bear the cost to start to teach your children? We go to the beach, make it fun. We go to parks, make it fun. Families do that. If you ingrain in them, you know, holidays, we will go to nice places, stay in nice hotels, eat nice food. That's what they'll grow up in. And whenever you have to give up, you want to give up that cost, they get upset as well. Now, God says don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth. At the end of the day, what is important to you? Because what is important to you, what you treasure, that is where your heart will be. That bottom part or the top part. That you may approve things which are excellent. Right? That you may be sincere and without offence to Christ. Day of Christ. Now, many of these things, well, are phone subscriptions, private schools, latest gadgets, holidays, they are not sinful by themselves, per se. But God says, approve that which are excellent. Excellent means if this choice is going to cost you things on earth, then forgo it. More excellent, bringing up godly seed, making them part of the church, because if they don't, now parents are asking you, if you tell your child, well, family seminar, holiday bar program, forget it, it's time to go for holidays, skip all these things. What will your child grow up to be? These things are not important. See, these are real costs that you have to bear. Now, at this point, I want to say something to grandparents, right? Some of you are grandparents here. Some of you will become grandparents one day. How do you feel so far? Do you feel that, oh, this church is too extreme? You know, I brought my child up. I spent so much money on my child. I invested in my child so that it will have this kind of freedom, this kind of lifestyle, and this kind of things for him and for my grandchildren. Now, I hope that now you begin to think, now I didn't, I didn't realize that. Everything that I do is actually to make them godly so that they will be part of the church. That is where God will use them. That is where God's work is meant to grow. That is where they will grow to another level. Now my child tells me, Pa, I am very tied up in church service. Oh, we need to go for this activity or that activity. I want my child to be there. How do you feel? What? This is the only time we get to meet, you know. Or this is my birthday, my sixth, no, not sixth day, usually older. This is my 90th birthday or 80th birthday. What? You won't be here? Or will you be like that? Have you grown and said, wow, finally, my whole life's aim was to bring up godly seed for God. That this godly seed will be so concerned about my grandchildren's godliness that he will bear this kind of cost. I finally have done my job, God. I finally get to see the day where my child will bear the cost and he will do what is necessary for him and the church whom I love. I finally get to see the day that he makes decisions based on that, based on God's purpose of marriage. God, I am so thankful. My greatest birthday gift it's my son, my daughter, my grandchild telling me, Dad, Grandpa, this, we need to go to church because there's this thing. God, that is the greatest present you can ever give to me before I die. Because 
You have come to a point where you realize that is your motive and objective. And then when your eyes see that day, say, Lord, I'm ready to go home. Lord, I'm ready to go home. Please take me home. That is what I want to see. That is what I want to hear from them. Right? So I hope you understand what it means. Now, next. Same between husband and wives. Your birthday, your anniversary. What is more joyful to you? That on, our, on my birthday, that on my anniversary, we are actually fulfilling our purpose for God. Isn't that the best birthday gift? Now, quickly. Not paying the financial cost is covetousness. I want you to understand this. Because many of us say, Pastor, we are not covetous. We, we are not hungry for money. But think carefully. You may not consider think, I want money. But the reality is we want what money can buy. Holidays, leisure, pleasure, a certain lifestyle. We want what money can buy. That is the reality. When you make decisions based on what money can buy, it's no, it's no difference. The root of all evil. Because you covet after money. Earned from the faith. Pierce yourself through many sorrow. God says, I want you to propagate the faith. But when we are covetous of things of the world, of certain things that the world has said, this is good, have it. When we are covetous of that, God says, instead of propagating the faith, God says, you err from the faith. You depart from the faith. You have a wrong understanding of the faith. But the word of God says, we will pierce ourselves through with many sorrows. You think that giving up and bearing the cost of spirituality will be painful. God says it's more painful when you don't bear the cost of that. You rather bear the cost of covetousness or rather wanting covetousness, you will pierce yourself through with many sorrows. Many parents bring sorrow upon themselves. What do I mean by that? We already said, one phase affects the other. What you decide now, whatever stage your child is, is either going to make, more joy, make it more joyful at the next stage or more sorrowful. If you, put, if you are not willing to bear the cost now, I just don't bear the cost now. Maybe later. At the next stage, your cost will be higher for every category. I'm not saying impossible. All right, parents, if your child has grown up and they're disobedient, don't think it's impossible. I can do all things. But you know it's going to be a lot more difficult. It has become more, more difficult. But don't give up. Those who are not going through that, learn now. Cost of energy. Definitely. We already said, all the earthly duties, which are not sinful, will already drain you as mothers, as fathers, as school children. We know that. That's why there's a cost. No more lazy days. Put in a lot of effort to pack, unpack. All the time, I see some of you come with so much logistics. I'm sure when you go home, undo all the logistics, and the next day, putting all the logistics together, yes, it's tiring. Making sure everybody's ready, daddy is in the car already, why is this kid still not coming up? You know, and daddy has to come down, mother has to chase. Yes, energy. Why? Let's forget about church. Let's just stay at home and live stream. Rush through meals. I know it's not easy. Father comes home, 6 o'clock. We need to be in church, 7.30. We know that the child needs to be part of church. We've seen that. It means rush. It means this is a cost. Health, challenges. Some of us have pre-existing conditions of something or another. It will cost you energy. It will be more difficult. 
bear the cross. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 19. Now, all these are real costs. But God says, therefore, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 1. Now, Paul says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. God says, as long as God has put you in that ministry, means God gives you a child. That is now your ministry. We faint not. As, as we have his mercy, we faint not. God's mercies are with you. Don't be discouraged. The costs are difficult. That is why I'm talking about it. But I hope this verse encourages you. Now this is my ministry. My life as a father, as a mother is tied to this thing. I'm already drained. But God says, seeing that we have received mercy, it's already a promise given. Let us not be weary in welding, for in due season, the generation will come. You may not see it yet, but in due season, same for me as a pastor. You resist. But God says, don't be weary in welding. Keep teaching. Hopefully one day you will see this perspective. In due season, I hope that this church will reap godly generations of the godly generations. Now next, cost of energy. Now God is a God of labor. He said, I want to be Christ-like. Look at Christ's life on earth. He was tired, but yet he had overnight prayer meetings because of the urgency and importance of the work. Look at Christ. He was weary. But yet he was so driven by evangelism that they brought him food and said, you know, doing this evangelistic work makes me full. It's so satisfying. I forget about my tiredness, my hunger. God is a God of labor. So every time you're going through that, I am being Christ-like. Doesn't that motivate you? Don't murmur, don't complain. Now, next Laziness makes us give excuses. So always remember that. Really search your heart as a parent. Really search your heart as a child. Mommy, daddy, I'm too tired to go to church. Husband, I'm too tired. Wife, uh, or husband tells wife, you know, today's a long day. Maybe, maybe I just stay at home, right? The slothful man has said, there's a lion without. I shall be slain in the street. COVID-19, better not go there. Is it really that is your genuine fear or laziness? Be honest. Your child can smell it from a distance, your sincerity. Child, don't go. Uh, don't, don't go? Don't go? All right? Don't. Ah, okay, let's not go. But actually, daddy really wants to go. Your spouse will see through it. Same for the mother, all right? We always have an excuse. Long day, suddenly something happened. Lots of things. Ah, this cannot. We can't. There's a lion in the street. Well, God says that laziness can destroy your family. God says, by much slothfulness, the building decayeth your home it's a natural phenomena we don't maintain the church it will decay and through idleness of the hands of the the house droppeth through spiritual lessons for us cost you your energy it is very true we understand but i hope these verses will warn and encourage cause of leisure right no time for hobbies no time cancel holidays cancel holidays we plan something. Oh, but something pops up. Oh, we forgot that there's family seminar, there's holiday Bible program, there is busy bee, that whatever it is, let's cancel our program. At all cost, God's work, God's church is priority. Which one of you, without reservation, says, there is suddenly a makeup class today on Saturday, but it's our family seminar day. Which one of you typically would say, well, school is more important, right? Well, let's just skip it. Let's just, well, we can live stream it after that anyway. 
The kid must go to school. Or this, this teacher on Saturday says, well, this is important, all right? So let's cancel our planned church activity. Because that's our natural tendency. The cost, there is a cost. There is a difficulty, right? Will you readjust? At the point of this is at all costs, the priority, seek ye first the kingdom of God, is the example I will show to my spouse and my child. That is the example I will show at all costs. To extreme? Exercise. Godliness is profitable unto all things. God is not saying that exercise is no use because it's having the promise of life now that is, that is to come. Godliness is more profitable. Profitable unto all things. Godliness, a godly child, is more worth it. There are many things that as a pastor I, I long to do. I wish I could still do that I used to do. But I realize for the church to be godly, to be taught God's word, I have to give up. I'm sure you do that in your own family as well. But you have to now start thinking beyond. It's for the church, the work of God. Right now, next one, very quickly. Now, peace at home. Peace at home. Now, this is the one. The child will be unhappy and it will throw tantrums. It will work out. When you correct the child or even your spouse, your husband or your wife that needs correction from the word, it will act up when told to do things that they don't want to do or they are not willing to do. You change your schedule, your spouse may be unhappy. Your parents may be unhappy, even though you're a married person. Now, all these things are the reality of life when you bear the cost. Sometimes it costs you peace at home. Ah, don't make the child do that because every time we talk about, can you please sit still for family worship? He's going to cry, he's going to scream. Uh, later, later. Next stage, next stage. Come to church. The child doesn't want to. Screaming, crying. Or giving all sorts of excuses. You must have wisdom to know what is real, what is not. But you insist any further... He's going to scream and cry. And he will come to church and purposely, on, on purpose, scream and cry louder, knowing that when he does that, you'll bring it home. Make changes. Your wife is not happy. The children are not happy. Now, these are all peace at home that may be, cost, that may be costly. Will you persevere? Will you persevere? Remember 1 Corinthians 2.14, God is a natural man will not receive. The natural man does not like these things. The natural man feels that being part of church and, and a priority of godliness is foolishness. Being successful in the world, my children, my grandchildren, me, myself, is wise. That's how the flesh thinks. But God says to be carnally minded. To mind the things of the world is death. Is death. Death to your godly seed and purposes. Death to your family. Death to the church. Now, God says, he that soweth his flesh shall reap, shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you feel that your child is reaping to the flesh, is developing habits. Now, this is the part. The child is growing up to have a will of his own. No longer will just simply listen to what you want it to do. Now, it's a battle of will. When there is a battle of will, there's no peace at home. Child, please know that. You know in your heart what, what daddy and mommy says is good. Being part of the church is where you should be. 
where you will learn, where you will serve one day, where you will grow in, where you will be part of. You know all that. But you want to give excuses and you will throw tantrums. Now, my point about this is ultimately this reminder to parents. Either you train the child or the child will train you. The child will train you that if I do not want to pray in church, I don't want to be part of this or that in church, you'll say, okay, maybe later. You know what the child is, being, is learning? When it comes to school, daddy and mommy don't give me a choice. But when it comes to God's thing, if I say I don't want to, I will get my choice. That is what you are sending. It is a very difficult thing to do. You, your child doesn't want to school, go to school. At all costs, screaming, crying, you say, no peace, all disturb, you say, no option. You will stick to your guns. You drive it to school, and still screaming and crying, you must go to school. Why is it that when a child comes to Sunday school or prayer meeting or church or holiday Bible program or whatever it is, they don't want to? When they're here, they don't want to do this or that. You give them a choice. You are tr they are training you. The church will support you. The church will help you. We keep telling you, the church, the kid can scream, can cry and all that. We will help. We will work together. Right? Because we understand it is difficult. There is a cost. We will go through that with you. So please remember this again and again. I want to say this. How your child chooses to behave at home and in church is not something that you give an option to. Now, I'm not saying that you don't explain. You don't do it in love. I'm not saying that at all. But it's a game that goes on all the time. It's a battle of will between your child and you. It will disrupt the peace. For sure. You're willing to bear the cost. God will help you. Cost of peace at home, all right? Another one. Now, parenting failures of Eli and David. They were soft against sin and they want to avoid conflicts. That is the problem when you read the, about their lives. They just don't want to force their children to do what they need to do. They, want, they don't like the conflict. What happened? When they were for the law of God of Israel saith, I said indeed, I said indeed, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, God says, I make all these promises to you. I will help you. But now, the Lord said, be it far from me. Sorry. Sorry. Be it far from me. For them that honour me, I will honour. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Bearing the cost. Not bearing the cost is despising God. God, what you want me to do, I'd rather do what the world wants me to do and what my flesh wants me to do. What you want me to do, I don't really care. So you must see your unwillingness to bear cost as despising God. Because God says that. When your house, I told you, this is what your house ought to be. But you rather follow the way of the world. You despise my purposes. You despise my plan. You despise the whole reason why I bring marriage to you and bring, godly, bring children to you. You despise all that. You're willing to bear the cost of the world to have what the world wants, but not my purposes. Do not have second thoughts about that. 
Now, God called unto Adam, where art thou? Fathers, the cause is borne by you. You set the stage. You set the example. You set the priorities. Pray for wisdom. Pray for much love. Pray for much consecration of commitment. God will help you. Cause of sleep, another one. Sleep, another category. Oh, definitely. We know. Very little sleep. After fulfilling all your earthly responsibilities that are necessary, you still need to fulfill and go through that tiredness when you reach home from work, when the end of the day of housework and the day of schoolwork, you want to just curl into bed and sleep. But so much things to do. Church, Bible studies, DHW, family worship, you will sleep less. After you do all this with your family, then as husband and wife, you get to go to bed, and yet there are still things that you need to do for tomorrow, for the church. Your child goes to sleep, but that's the cost. All want to sleep early? Well, there's no cost. Now, many worry about the lack of sleep on child's development. We've covered this many times. Daniel 1.15. The world says that eating this food will make you ruddy, healthy. Daniel and his friends chose not to eat the portion of the king's meat. Will they look bad? No, we know. The countenances appear fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat. The portion of king's meat. King's meat is wonderful, very healthy, very carefully done by nutritionists. Who was healthier? They that choose to obey God. Your children can be fairer, healthier. In other words, health of your child is not dependent on their sleep alone, their food alone. I'm not saying their sleep and their food are unimportant, all right? You torture them. No. But you must not think that at the cost of God's priority, of you fulfilling your priority, they will lose out. I've said this many times. Children in Singapore, where I come from, among the children that sleep the, least in the, the least in the world, right? But time and again, global competitions on intelligence, they always come out in the top one or two positions. Do you think, really, that what the society tells you is true? I say again, I'm not asking you to deprive your child of sleep. There are certain stages. You've got to not give excuses. You've got to not train your child to think that if I don't sleep at this time, I'm going to become stupid. Now, next, God says, I press toward the mark of the price of the high calling in God, in Christ Jesus. Pressing is a very strenuous task, including lack of sleep. I hope this verse encourages every time you are lacking in sleep. It does encourage me. Cause of sleep. Health is from God. That is the main thing I want to emphasize. You have human responsibility, but ultimately your human responsibility is not. Should not be, I choose to do what is physically from my eyes I see is best. But what I, when I obey God, God will help. All right? Now, the thing is this. How do I deal with this? Reduce, eliminate other wasted time in order to take naps. Evaluate your life, parents. I know we have very limited time, very limited energy. Evaluate what can be removed in my life, in my child's life. Your child says, I don't want to go to church. I'm too tired. I'm very tired. Evaluate their life. It takes energy. 
What are their leisure activities? Which one can we cut down so that they can take naps, so that they can sleep? Don't just say, oh yeah, I can understand, oh, I'm very tired, yes. You have to make very tough choices. Now, if it means limiting your own, their handphone, internet, video, social media usage, we don't evaluate these things and reduce them as first priority. We reduce. Bringing up godly seed responsibilities and church are the first priority. Isn't it true? So you see, there is a cost, but sit down and think as husband and wives. What are the things that we do that we can remove? Ask yourself that. How you just keep surfing, surfing? Ask your child, why, why are you always so tired? Well, last night I have to stay up very late. And today I must do homework and I'm very tired. I can't go to church. Why were you sleeping so late last night? By and large, typically surfing the internet. You never ask that. Because you do not want conflict with them. You rather just, oh, I see. Then they like you. They're happy with you. You see, there are costs. My main aim is to tell you, to build up God, you see, for the home and for the church of God, there are costs. It's not easy. But there are things you can do. Are they lacking in discipline? When they do homework, you see them, they're always distracted, distracted, distracted. With this, with that, with this, with that. Teach discipline. So that they can finish it, they can rest, and they give no excuses. If your child keeps saying, I'm too tired, I'm too tired, too, too tired, you have to ask yourself, why? Why? You don't say, oh, you're too tired to go to school. Oh, you're too tired to go for this ECA. You're too, too tired for music class today. Let's keep it. You never... You hardly do that because of priorities, right? So now you have to rethink your cost. All right, now some of now, actually this is supposed to be after the break and we only have half an hour left. I'll go through them quickly, but you can go through the slides. Now, the cost of bringing up godly seed, continuing some of these things and the arc, I'll explain why it's arc. All right, arc is there are things that you need to act on. Because of that, there are responsibilities, the are and there are costs involved in what you can do, all right? But let's continue with some of the Now, cost of worldly advancement, it may cost you what you can be in this world. It may cost what your child can be in their area of studies, in their area of, of pursuit. You know that they are, they are more capable than that. There are costs. God makes them more capable because their capability is to help them do what they need to do in this world quickly effectively so that they can spend their time in growing up as godly seed in being part of the church they can go right so there are costs involved you know as grandparent your child you know as parent your child can be better than that they say it's okay if they can be better as christians that is what i live for that is why i bring brought them into this world for i am so happy that they rather choose to forgo the cost of what they can be, whatever they can be on this earth. When they get to heaven, it does not matter. But whatever they have chosen to be as godly seed, as servants of God in His church, as part of the church propagating the word of truth and discipling, now that is the only thing that matters. Now next. Children may have to forgo best tuition, best schools, enhancements program, what do I mean by that? Sometimes for them to be under the best music teacher, the best music school, the best whatever enhancement program, they need to 
go to those things on Sunday. Because the teacher said, you want my time? I'm the best. You want to be part of this activity in school? I'm, it's the best. But it can only occur on Sunday. Would you forgo that? Because this is very common. Some have chosen not to come today because they say, well, you know, we have, we have holidays, we have, we have uh, enhancement programs. You're sending that message to your child. This is more important. Children may forgo the best of the best. Keep up with baby children things instead of what's current in the world. Many of us spend a lot of time finding out what's current in this world, but very little interest in God's word. Right? Now, God says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. God is not saying that meat and drink is not important, but God says no. To get meat and drink, it will, it will be strenuous. It will be tiring. But it says it's about righteousness. That is the key. Right? And it says the world seek after these things. Why do you be? Why are you being like the world? I know what you need, I know. What you don't need, I know as well. Are you so concerned? Are you so influenced by the world that the world says you need this and I need this? But God says, I know what you need. If your child don't need this, your child doesn't need this. All right? But we don't believe it. Now, quickly, cost of worldly advancement, comfortable life. Now, Paul says that whatever state I am, I'm content. If being godly, doing God's work, fulfilling God's purposes, takes me to a stage where I don't have certain things, I'm contented. Paul did not say, I had all this background, I have all this pedigree. It is such a waste. He said, whatever God leads me to, as long as it will be godliness, serves the church, serves God's purpose on earth, I'm contented. It doesn't matter if I didn't get it and I have to forego certain things. At the end of your life, what the world offers is vanity. Remember that. The richest man on earth, the, the one who, who achieved all sorts of academic things that are incomparable by anyone on earth, even Einstein, whatever rich, caliber person you can think of, he says, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun. All is vanity and vexation of the spirit. It vexes your spirit. All is vanity. You can keep pursuing it. You can keep achieving it. You believe God's word or the world's word? This is not vanity. All this ECA, all this, they are important. I'm not saying they're not important, but you have to choose. All right? Don't build into your children an aspiration of worldly lifestyle. We can say a lot of things, but by how we prioritize things, you can tell them, love God, study God's word, do your quiet time. But by all your choices, things of God are not priority. Well, you build into them aspiration. I will cancel, the first priority is to cancel God's things, God's work, God's church activities. That's my priority. As I grow up, cause of worldly advancement, all right? So your dreams, your aspirations, what you want to be, what you can be, you know what you can be, much more. Well, but to be doing this for God in the church, I may forgo it. Why do you expect full-time workers to do this? But don't expect that you also forgo things. You have double standard. All of us have our responsibilities. Now, next one.
All right? Cause of pride. Pride. Well, tied to, tied to worldly advancement, admiration. I want my child to be like my neighbor. I want my child to be like even so-and-so in, in church in terms of earthly abilities and achievements. Really, it's about your pride. Your child tells you, Daddy and Mommy, I'm not interested in this. I don't care. You do it. Because in your heart, the child knows how to do this, knows how to act, knows how to whatever, all right? I want you to have it. It's to satisfy your own pride, right? The children may not be best in class. I've said that. So what? So what? But they're the best in godliness. That's something. Because it's all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father. It's not of the Father. Awaken to that. Be willing to bear this cost of pride. Search your heart and be honest. Why do I want my child to go through all this? So that I can talk about it. Now, you know, so many things that you want your child to be, it's just to fit your idea of what your child should have in this world and should be in this world. And many of it really has no bearing on what God wants and what they grow up. It actually means nothing. But you say, I have this picture in my mind. I want my child to be like this and like that in the world. It just fulfills your dreams. That's all. When they grow up, many of the child don't even play the piano anymore. Don't even do certain things anymore. But you feel good. It fit my model. And that was what I wanted. At the cost of godly seed. At the cost of being part of church. By the time they grow up, they don't want to be part of church. Cost, of, cost to self. Well, finally, it boils down to this. It is really about, am I willing to put aside self? And then take on this cost. Being a role model, teaching them God's word, your personal work, exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, 24 by 7, in re as real, living in your Christian faith, making the sacrifices that you need. It's natural that everyday conversation are spiritual, change your, change your ways, getting rid of bad habits. Now, ah, all this, all this. S the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Be honest in all these things. Are you giving excuses? Are you not willing, willing to bear the cost? Are you feeling that the godliness, godly child for the kingdom of God is really not my priority? Search your heart. Let your moderation be known unto men, your expectations. All right? Let no corrupt communication go out of your mouth. Your genuine godly walk. Don't give excuses anymore. All right? Cost to self. Parents' testimony will convince children whether, a Christ, whether life is worth living as a Christian. God says, they that have holy hands, clean hands and pure hearts. Now, they are the ones that ascend to the holy hill. I think we've forgotten a lot about this. We are very taken up by, instead of clean hands and pure hearts, taken up by achievements of this life. That is what preoccupies us. Now, it's only when the parent, parent really return to this and the children can see it's very genuine in your life. You love the word. You obey the word. You love communing with the Lord. You're always keeping your life holy. And there's a cost to self. It's very unlikely that they will grow up godly unless they see all this. We've forgotten this. 
It's a lot about achievements. Now, learning to be like me, we've already said that. There is a warning when your child becomes like you. It's painful, both to you and to the kingdom of God. All right? It's not about doing, it's about being. So for this, I summarize. Now, ultimately, I don't want you to go away from this session thinking this. Bring your church, discipline at home, make it do quiet time. All this is do, 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 do. This is far from the objective of this session. Paul made it very clear. Timothy, I am convinced that the unfeigned faith is in you because I saw it in your grandmother and your mother. It is about who you are and therefore what choices you make that is the most important. Otherwise, they will see you asking them to do this, do that, do this, do that. They just do because you tell them to. Not because they see it in you and they say, I want that kind of life. You know, recently, someone came to the Lord and I said, why did you come back to the Lord? He said, well, I saw someone got saved and this person's life changed and this person loved the Lord and this person wants to be so studying the word of God all the time. Go to church, be part of God's people, serve the Lord. And this person said, you know, that really stirred in me. It's from a Christian family. I'm sure the Christian parents go to church. We'll say, go to church. Go and do this. Go and serve. Lots of things. I said, do your parents make you go to church? Yeah, my parents make me go to church all the time. But it was the testimony of someone who was being godly, as a godly said. Not the parents that forced him to do a lot of things. It's the testimony and the life the genuine life of this friend that stirred him to want to do this. After he said the sinner's prayer, Pastor, what must I do next? Tell me. What do I do next? It's no more being forced. It's no, don't tell me what to do next. I was in a hurry. I said, do you have any other question? Yes, yes, yes. please just give me a few minutes. Tell me what to do next. See, they want to do. They want to be. Because of testimony, all right? So please don't go away thinking it's all the to-dos. The to-dos are just your outward expression of your genuine inward self. The parents did whatever the friend did, but the child can see the difference of the heart. Next. All right, so the ark. 20 minutes. The ark. Now, we want child, the children to have a love for God that drives obedience. Please do not miss that out. Don't go away thinking it's all about obedience. It stems from a love for God that they see in you. And throughout their life, all the stages of your life, their life, they will end up still loving God and their obedience driven out of love for God. But look, it depends on your actions. That is why God keeps saying, you, 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 you do this for your child, your actions. But these actions requires you to do certain things. And the requirements brings cost. All right? So this is how we'll do it. Because what are the requirements? You say, but pastor, what do I need to do? Now, first of all, what is a godly seed? A godly seed is one that loves God. Please don't be mistaken about that. A godly seed is not someone that does a lot of things. A godly seed does a lot of things but it's characterized by his 
inward, natural, personal love for God. That is what you need to build. But you can't build that if you're false. A devotion to God. Not just doing things, but there is a devotion, a dedicate, dedicatedness, a genuine love, even from young. Young ones, do you know what it means to be a godly seed? It's not simply doing what God, Daddy and asked, Mommy asked you to do. You have to. But it stems because you love God, that is why. When Daddy and Mommy guides you, you want to do it because it is in you. You want to be godly. You are devoted to God. Practicing the faith, all right? So no you saying you love God. No you saying my child does this and does that. Devoted, but the proof is practicing the faith. What it means, we'll see after. They will practice the faith. There are many today who say, I love God. They sing, they cry. We are devoted to God. But they do not practice the faith in their life. You cannot delink love, devotion from practicing the faith. If any man love me, he will keep my commandments. You cannot delink it. So practicing the faith, upholding and defending the faith. Because God says that you will pass on to the next generation. Pass on to the next generation what? The truth. And God says you can now hand over to faithful men. Why must they be faithful? Because the need to defend the truth. So it's not just practice. Because many parents think they are practicing the faith. But whenever they are called to defend the faith, nah, don't be critical. The whole point of Israel needing to protect the truth is when the heathens teach certain things to their children, teach certain things to society, they defend the faith. They will speak up what is the truth. Now, next one. Serving God. It's not just doing a lot of things, but it is to serve because the godly seed is to do the kingdom of God's work. So parents understand this. It's not my children knows God's word. My children prays. My, cho- my children prays. My children um, um, reads the Bible. My children takes FEBC course. My children will even not to defend the truth. But please don't ask my children or me to come and serve. The point of the church moving forward is it needs people to serve, to do God's work. So we can have this model of a family that does well. But whenever there are things to do in church, not me, neither will I be there. Bring up your child, designed to serve, and they see your example. So if you're someone that's, that just do the minimum, they will grow up doing less than the minimum. Passing on the faith. Said that again and again. I'll come to that. Right, so now here. All right, so moving from right to left, there is a cost. What must I give up in order to do these requirements, to bring about these actions, and therefore have godly seed that is like that. Now, what are they? Now, let's talk about the first one. Oh, no. Wow. All right. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh. I think I know what's happening. All right, pardon me. All right. Devotion to God. What is the ark? Actions, requirements, and costs. 15 minutes. A godly seed that is devoted to God. Now, what does it look like? You can say, I'm devoted to God. 
without understanding. I want my godly seed to be devoted to God. Now, it's one that reverences God's word, desires to please God, not one who does a whole long list of things. It stems from this verse, reverence for God's word. How does your child view God's word? Devotion to God is not just, they keep saying, I love God, Daddy, Mommy. I love God. But when it comes to God's word, whether it's family devotion, family worship, whether it's reading the word of God as a young adult, there is a love and a respect for God's word. When God's word is being handled at home or in church, they will pay attention. They know this is God's word. Now, that's the meaning of devotion. Now, you say, your wife, my, my husband or my wife is devoted to me, but not interested in what you say. It doesn't jive. It doesn't make sense. All right, so by definition, it begins with this. A child that whenever it comes to God's word, they are very serious. This is God's word. And a desire to please God. I shared, right? A child refused to repent, screams and cries, no matter what you tell, until the parents say, but do you know that God says this? Do you want God to remain angry at you? No amount of cajoling and scolding did anything. But the child said, but God feels this. I don't want God to continue to be angry at me. Now, there's a reverence for God's word. You bring anything to me, I don't care. You can whack me and cane me till the crane breaks, I don't care. But the moment you say God, you bring in God's word, the child, the child melts. Now, there's a meaning of devotion, right? Devotion is that. I really want to please God more than even I want to please daddy and mommy. What is a devoted child? All right, inward desire, you do not need to force them to pray. You do not need, them to, need to force them to study the Word of God. You need to do your part. But your aim is to bring it to that point. Bring it to that point. This church does not teach, neither do we believe, in just forcing your child to do things. There will be times they don't understand. You have to exercise your authority. They have to do. But we never believe in a child simply as long as you do all these things well the church is happy no is it really from their heart that is what we are interested in because that is what will see them through to their old age all right yeah some things you need to develop now obey god's commandments without pressure whether they are godly friends or not so have the right picture of godly seed all right now why don't why i'm covering this parents please do not get this idea as long as my child acts like that it is godly seed. It is not until it's, it came from his heart. That is what you need to aim for. I'm not saying if they don't do their quiet time, they don't, come, don't want to come to church, you don't care because they don't want to. It's not from their heart. I'm not saying that. You need to keep working until it is from the heart. Naturally enjoys speaking about God and spiritual things. Is that in your child's life? Or they love to talk about Superman, Spider-Man, whatever man, all right? How do they like to talk about God's things? All right? Love company of Christians, friends, delight in worshipping, serving God. The faith is the central priority in their life. They will tell you, there is, there is this activity in school and it's an important activity. You ask them, so which one would you go for? There's prayer meeting every, every week. There's Bible study every week. But this is one time in, in school. It's, it's not going to affect your exams. But which one would you choose? Their heart will say, I want to go for prayer meeting. I want to go for church. Then you ask them, but church, you can go every week, right? Why don't you? No, no, I prefer. This is not that important. Although it's once a while, but it's not that important. 
Now, that is what you're aiming for, my friends. Not forcing and that's it. Now, I do want to clarify. Eh? There are times, just like you and I, you need to make them do certain things. You need to make them come to church. You need to make them. Because it is an acquired taste. By their natural flesh, they do not already like these things. You must know, many of us don't like to eat healthy food. Healthy food is an acquired taste. You need to force yourself. You need to force your husband. You need to force your wife. You need to force your children. Certain stage, you need to force. Yes, I agree. So that after some time, it becomes an acquired taste. So I do support that. That is why God's Word tells us that we must be sanctified. We must grow. Your child must grow into it. Sometimes you need to make it and teach it to like it. All right? You don't like. I don't like to eat vegetables. All right? Sharon teaches me how to like vegetables, how to appreciate vegetables. After some, yeah, it's quite good. You need to teach. Right? Now, next. Consistent in the things of God despite external pressures. Desires others to know God. That is very important. It's not just my child is godly, but no interest to evangelize. No interest to reach out to those who are in error. No interest among friends and colleagues when they grow up. No interest in bringing people to church, to the saving knowledge, to walk closer to God. It cannot be. That is not, this is a very incomplete godly seed because ultimately it's for the kingdom's work. Again, they learn from you. Are you evangelistic? It's very common. See, parents are evangelistic. Children typically are evangelistic. If you're not, they'll be worse. So that is a picture of a godly seed. You're not going to make it. All right? How do parents bring up godly seed? The action, the requirements. All right, I'll go through some very quickly. Now, if at home, you don't speak favorably about God, about God's word, God's word being taught, if you don't show that you really treasure family worship, and it's not just a duty, a chore, but an excitement to you. Now, if you, now the action is you need to demonstrate your love for God's things and God's people. You need to demonstrate hearty worship. You need to demonstrate a reverence for God's things. Now, all these things are things you need to do, all right? So if we run out of time, I hope you're already convinced these are things I need to do. Go back and read it in details. I hope you can see it. Now, what in order for you, this, the action, these are things you need to do. Now, what are the requirements? You need to really act it out. Rejoice, give thanks. Not church again, Bible study again. Um, FEBC course is going to start again. DHW homework again. Now, the requirement is, requirement is you rejoice in this thing. All right? When you receive rebuke, when you know you're a bad-tempered person, what is the cost? Or what is the requirement? You go home and you apologize to your family. Daddy has been very short-tempered, I know. And we learned today from God's word, it is a sin. Please forgive Daddy. I got to change. I will try to change by God's grace. Admit areas. See, they will learn, Daddy, even that is something that is very him. Or Mommy, the same. Or even as a child, the same. You go home, Daddy, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I've been lying or I've been lazy. I've been making excuses not to go to church. Now I know. Please, please forgive me and help me. You see, when these things happen, when they see you do your devotion, when they see you hear a message, instead of going and say, ah, church always complaining about this, church always asking us to do this and do that. Instead, you go home and say, look, 
I'm very honest, this is my problem. Now, they will learn these actions and this requirement. They will learn better than all the things you tell them to do. Well, be at church on time for meetings. This is crucial. You know, Dr. To always makes this, make this being on time a big thing. And he puts big signs everywhere. Habitual lateness dishonors God. I think that is a very true statement. Do you allow your child to be habitually late at work? Are you habitually late at work yourself? You are not because you know it's disrespectful, you know it's serious. But when it comes to church, the requirement, if you want your, ch your child to really respect God's things, this is how you build into them. You be on time. No, you be early. I know sometimes there are unexpected problems, but know this. When you are very serious, no, we are going to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes early. We are not going to be late. We are not going to make God wait for us. We are not going to distract other people. They will begin to learn how serious the house of God is to you. You show them by being late. But when it comes to school, they are never late. They are not allowed to be late. When you go to work, don't decide early. I need to be on time. But when it comes to church, they say, lazy is fair. Whatever, you know, ah, just late. So what? God sees the heart only. You are building into them a disrespect. You are on time. By the time you grow up, they will be late. You are early. They probably will be just on time. That's how it is. That's how it is. You watch the recent Queen's uh, funeral. What time did people turn up? Sat in the hall? One hour plus before the funeral began. One over hour before that. That is the reverence. That's the preparedness. That's how they view a dead monarch. What about a living monarch? Right? So you are planting thoughts in their mind. You must know that by your actions. I hope they will take that to heart. Now, post strength, same for family worship. Teach them to be on time, right? It takes cost. Well, cost, some of the cost. Strength, energy. Live out and bear the cost. Peace and quiet at home. All these are going to cost. Well, even giving. Don't give to the Lord and go home and keep complaining. Right? They're going to learn. Giving is forced. Now, next one. You know, put aside personal habits and preferences to be punctual. You're used to doing things like that. Well, change. So that you can send a godly message to your child. Now, I, I don't want this to turn into, we are on time, and that's it. It must turn into a reverence, a reverence. Right? These people, they will turn up early because of their reverence, right? This is what it is. How do parents bring up godly seed to be devoted to God? Well, I've said very quickly, at home, your character at home. This is a big cost, my friend. All the words you say, I want to be godly. Murmuring, complaining, bad-tempered, lying, don't keep your promises, lust after the things of the world, bad example to your wife, to your children, to your husband. That is where the rubber hits the road. You can keep saying, I want to bring up godly seed. But if you do not make a change in your personal fruit of the Spirit, your child will think all these are false, all these are fake. It's a great cause. Bear the embarrassment of admitting fault. Search your heart. Repent. Give up idols. 
take the world but give me Jesus. This is very real in your life. You would readily cancel holidays, cancel plans, bear more costs. That is all they are going to learn. Because your child is going to see you are willing to bear a lot of costs to put them through private school. But they do not see you willing to bear the cost when it comes to things of God. See, all these are costs that you must be willing to bear. No more hypocrisies now, very quickly. Godly seed will practice the faith. Practice the faith. This is the second part. Now, all those are the heart. Does your child does do his quiet time consistently? Say grace before meals. Now, all these public practices of Sunday school, prayer meetings, fellowship meetings, evangelism, now all these are part of practicing the faith, living out the faith. You cannot delink church and their faith. It is part of what being a Christian. You ask people of the world. So, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, but you don't go to church. You don't attend, you don't attend Bible studies. You don't attend well, your prayer meetings, right? Well, you, evangelize. you don't do these things? Well, then how come you're a Christian? Even the world would say that, that they would expect that these are things that Christians do as part of their faith. Do not get into this deceived connotation, this idea that, well, we don't have to do these things. Even unbelievers expect that these are things that Christians do. It's your faith. It's your faith. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Neglect not the assembling of yourself. All this is part of the Christian faith. Right? So if you have not been coming and we encourage you to come, it's simply because this is part of your faith. And you say, I want to leave my faith before my children. It includes these things. Right? Because people will say, my parents don't practice their faith. I asked one recently. Say, well, you know, um, are your parents Christian? Yeah, my parents are Christian, but they don't practice the faith. I say, what do you mean by that? Not regular in church? Definitely doesn't attend prayer meeting? Doesn't um, attend Bible studies? They understand. They don't practice the faith. That's the exact words they use. So don't get angry when we say do these things. We're just telling you practice the faith. All right, reverential towards church assemblies. How do they view church gatherings? Is there a reverence? Now, we are really very far from what we need to be as Christians. Next. How do you bring godly seed to practice the faith? Well, your own. Well, check their quiet time. Like I said just now, some things you need to get them to do and slowly teach them to do. Teach them to be excited. Teach them to know how to do quiet time. All right? Make sure that they know attending worship, prayer meetings, um, fellowship, serving in the church, and all that is non negotiable. Everything else is secondary. You want them to practice the faith? You show yourself that everything else in life is secondary. They may be important for this life, but they're still secondary. Only when you have that kind of action before them, but it requires a lot of things from you. Well, it may say no ECAs. That will provide them an excuse to say, I'm too tired. No, all right, you have, I want you to be part of this activity and that activity in school. But if it means that you become too tired for church, that is not important anymore. See, that is a requirement. Well, what are the costs? Many things will change at home. Mother is your home. You have to change your schedule. Now you have to set apart time to check on your children, to teach them, to go through. Because they come back from school, most likely they'll do their quiet time. Right? If they don't do it in the morning or at night, then it's when you're home with them. Encourage them, sit down with them. 
There are costs involved to bring God. You see, it doesn't happen overnight. Just like food doesn't appear on the table, you know as a mother, you have to set apart time, you have to put energy into it. All right? What about trouble to drive children to meetings alone? Daddy is sick. There's a cost. We want to teach our children that I, mommy, or I, daddy, still can drive, still can walk, still can talk. We can go to church. One person sick, whole family doesn't go to church. What are you showing? Right? You, you show them. Mommy is sick, but we will go. Right? Many of you do that. That's very good. But you must know why you're doing it. Daddy is sick, we will go. Right? We still can go. Then they make church learning God's word as always priority. It's not just about church, all right? It's learning God's word and being part of the assembly of God. Parents forgo certain patterns, certain leisure, certain holiday. Well, yeah, certain holiday plans have to change. It's church camp, we know, but it's school holidays. It's time when we go back and see grandparents. Well, we have to forego certain of these things. Change it. Yes, then I have to take leave. Change it. There are costs. You see, what you are trying to do is this. You're showing them that the priority of godliness and being part of the work of God through the church is utmost of utmost importance and that you don't even they don't even need to think that you ever compromise that. That is the picture. That is the picture. Why do you say God says, Love me with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul? Now, next one. How do parents bring God in practicing the faith? Routines are important. Additional church activities, Bible programs, seminars, family seminars, family camp. Now, all this must be part of your life in order for them to grow up to make it part of their life. Second last bullet point on the purple, purple slide. What about major events? Good Friday, Easter, Christmas, church anniversary, ACM. Now, very often when it comes to public holidays, Good Friday, Easter, Christmas, best time to go on holidays. These are Christian holidays. Now, I'm not saying these are holy and, they, and you don't keep it, you sin. These are events that in Christendom, we set aside certain dates. We're not saying Christ was born on Christmas Day. We know that. But these are days that Christendom have set aside to remember our Lord's death, to remember our Lord's resurrection, to remember our Lord's birth. These are times where we come and we remember these things. Messages are specific to revive our love for the Lord. These are specific events to stir us and also evangelistic events. But these are often events that the long holidays, best for holidays, our own holidays. Where is the practicing of the faith? What will your child grow up thinking about practicing the faith and what is important? Christ's birth, Christ's resurrection, Christ's death, ah, not important. Church anniversary, even less important. ACM, forget it, you know. Let's, let's go out for lunch and not attend church congregational meeting. What will the child grow up to be when it comes to church and comes to Christ? You see, all these things are real practical requirements that will cost you, that will cost you. So I'm telling you that until you feel that you're convinced that there is the need for your, for your child to grow as godly seed in the home, in the church. These things are not things you are going to take up. Now, next. Godly seed uphold and defend the faith. All right? Biblical separation from false teachings, false practices, false churches. Promote biblical value, defend the faith. 
I, do you know God's word to be able to defend the faith? Right? They see examples. All right? I don't have time, so I'm going to skip and say only certain key things. Now, is your life really modeled after one that you love God's truth and God's, um, the truth so much that you will never step into one of these things, you never participate in any of those activities? It's so real. It's almost to them like this is so unclean. When it comes to the truth, of the inerrancy of God's word and God's word being preserved. You will not budge a single bit. That is what they see in you. That is what they will grow up to be, all right? Defending the faith. I say, please, don't talk about defending. We talk about love. We talk about, why does the church always cover doctrines and errors? Propagating of the faith is to make sure the truth is known. Godly seed will serve God, all right? Serve God. Whatever they see in you do you serve god or do you just are you just interested in studying the word of god prayer and that is very good those are very good but they don't see any service any interest in service cost there's a requirement there is a cost you are tired right now what about whatever skills that you that they pick up are they used to serve god all to serve themselves. Quickly, actions. Participate last one. I just want to go to the last one. Or first one, sorry. Pride is one of the problems in service. If you serve and then you come back and you brag, whether father or mother, you like to brag about it. That is how they will serve God. They want to be admired. They want to be special in church. We are not talking about that kind of service. Right? The moment we smell that you or your child loves to serve because you want to be in certain position, certain, certain um, recognition, you can be assured you will not be used. Because that is not the service we are talking about. Then, then the last point, participate in all areas of service open to uh, nursing homes, busy bee, transport ministry. All right? They see all this. They go to church and then they find, how oh, come a stranger is in church in the car? Well, daddy and mommy transports people. There's a cost to privacy in your car, isn't it? But you're teaching them. Okay. Um, deal with uh, the re green slide, green part. Deal with the child unhappiness due to you or them serving. What am I talking about? Sometimes your child needs to stay back to serve. Your teenager or your young adult. You came in one car. Are you unhappy? Why must my kids stay back? Why does the church make my kids stay back? We want to go home. If your life is, the moment service is over, the whole family runs off. Or sometimes the parents are serving. Then the teens, why are you always going back so late? Child, your daddy, your mommy, they are serving. They're showing an example. They love the Lord. Right? You're happy that they're doing it. You're happy that your child is doing it. You're happy that your parents are doing it. Not some of the cause sometimes is dealing with this. What must you do it now? Can we do it together, same time? Then we don't stay back twice, or we don't have to spend our time doing this separately, and all that. Sometimes there are costs. What's the example you set to your child? See, these are very real things that you must be willing to bear the cost. Sometimes the children stay back to clean the toilet after some fellowship. The parents, they joyfully stay back. They're so happy that their child is doing that, right? Now, next one. Yes, you will incur inconvenience at home between husband and wife even. Now, 
devotion to God. Now, ultimately, a godly seed. Now, when the godly seed sees that you help him to do all that from the heart and your own example, such a godly seed, the red line, will want to pass on the faith to their seed by doing all these things. Because they remember, because of your life, they were so inspired, they were so stirred to love God and to serve Him and to defend the truth and to live for the truth. And they said, this is all wonderful. And Daddy and Mommy never murmur about it. They admire it so much. They automatically will do what God says, passing on to the next generation. Now, parents, I'm saying this to you. And grandparents also. Your aim in your life is not just to make your child like that. Is to make your child so stirred that your child wants to be like that for his child, for your grandchild. That is what God says to your children and your children's children. Must I go all the way and then I finish? Some say, really? Do I need to go to that extreme? But Jesus say, anyone who put his hand on the plow, plow and look back, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to God, but I'm not willing to bear the cost. But God says, end your hardness. As long as you want to bring up godly seed, there will be war, there will be cost. But as long as you entangle yourself with the affairs of this world, all the things that I drew at the bottom, and you said these are the most important, and it will suck me up, and I won't reprioritize my life to please God, then you're not a soldier of Christ. God says to the children of Israel, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his commandments and his, all his statutes and his commandment that I command you is all. And then thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son. It's again and again, generation after generation, all the days of the life. It's all the way, all the way. Teach them to your children diligently. Right? Must I go all the way? Yes. All right? Because God says that when he had brought you into the land, you have all the good things in your house. Your house is full of good things. Now, God issues a warning. Beware lest thou forget the Lord thy God. We will. Your stage of life now, if you don't think bringing up godly seed, this has exactly happened to you. Life is good. You have a child. You pray for a child. You have a child. Daddy has a good job. Life, we have a nice house. We can go for nice holidays. We have all the nice things. But God says, this is a time that you need to beware because you will forget your purpose. You will forget why God gave you a child or children. You will forget. You will forget. But they say, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. All the way. Swear by his name. Must I go all the way? Now, parents, if you don't go all the way, why will your child... If the children won't go all the way, will they be godly seed? The cost of bringing godly seed is the cost of changing yourself. Now this is something that in your heart, maybe you say, I didn't bargain for this. I wanted to get married, but I didn't bargain for this. You did. You did bargain for this. Because marriage is God's design for godly seed. We saw that. The moment you choose to get married, so singles, if you want to choose for marriage, to get married, you heard all these things, you're bargaining for it. Lord, I will lift this. If you're married, you didn't know, well, this is what it is. A salvation, discipleship. When you got saved, you bargain for this, going all the way with the Lord. 
at your baptism, you vowed to walk in all his ways because you belong to him. You bargain for all this. But don't look at this negatively. All these are your privilege. God can use stones and rocks to do his work. It's your privilege when God puts children in your house. Cost of bringing up children are simply the cost of discipleship and walking in God's way. That's all. Are you willing to bear the cost? Is it worth it all and we end? Is it worth it all? Now let's read this together. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what God is saying? I understand the cost. I understand the cost. But this is what he stirs us with. The sufferings in this present time, the cost, the challenges, the pain, the tired, the, the freedom gone, everything. They are not worthy to be compared to the glory when you meet him, that you have been accountable and that your children and your children's children and their children's children have all been walking godly. Because when you call heaven and earth to you now as witnesses, you can stand up to him and acknowledge I have been consistent and I've done my best by your grace. Dear BPCWA worshippers, dear friends and hearers, I hope you understand it clearly. Bringing up godly seed, making them part of God's work in scriptures shows us it's not optional. There are costs involved, but when you bear those costs and live it out, God will help you. There is an eternity of no regret. Something that you can earn all the best accolades on earth, then nothing Nothing compared to having fulfilled God's plan for godly seed. Let us pray.